uh, I found that when I'm just myself around girls, like I know that sounds so basic, but when I'm just like down to just make jokes, how Nick Singh makes jokes, yeah. when I'm down to just call them out, <laughs> I want to call them out. <laughs> <laughs> Luke is uh, impersonating me right now. He, he's starting to catch on to, yeah. to my mannerisms. Yeah, they're funny. Yeah, I appreciate you. Welcome to the Imperfect Podcast, where we discuss masculinity more intentionally and purposefully. Uh, this is part two of Nick and Mai's Minds conversation, uh, where we go deeper into uh, the conversation about how to become your own person in a relationship or in life, um, how women have been hurt throughout the dating processes by men, and how in a relationship you share a responsibility to each other to make each other better people. Uh, listen to Imperfect on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere podcasts are available. Uh, again, please leave a review on iTunes if you can. It does do a lot for me and getting recognized on the store. Um, and again, if you want to be on the show or have any topic ideas, message me on IG at the Imperfect Pod. Uh, without further ado, let's dive into part two. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like, whoa, like this didn't work out, but thank God. Yeah. Like, thank God, because now we're such good friends and I couldn't have asked for a better friend in my life as a woman. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and this has done and moved mountains for me, um, with being a little bit more forward about what I want. So I'm, I'm not opposing you in your own strategy. I'm just saying, um, this is what's felt very real for me as of late. Yeah. yeah. I understand. Yeah. Totally relate. Like yeah. even, um, as I move forward, I, you know, being on these dates has actually given me a lot more confidence. Yeah. And I don't, as it should. Yeah. And like with the whole navigation of where's the line crossing the line, you know, I don't pressure. I I don't, I just like ask and then they say no. It's funny though. The, sometimes the immediate reaction is when you, when you ask a girl on a date, yeah, it's like, are you going to, especially if you just met during the day and you like kind of vibing throughout the day and uh, one of the first reactions is, oh, are you, you going to stop being nice to me now? And like, I get that question a lot. When you ask her on a date? Yeah. So like, so say I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I met someone during the, so it's like not through an app. It's, it's, you see, you, you meet see someone in you, person. Yeah, yeah, sure. You're kind of at the same party or something like that. Yeah. And you're talking, you're vibing. And then soon after. And then a, a few soon days after you're like, Hey, so, you know, I'm vibing with you. We want to go on a date sometime. And they say... Do you say those words? Do you want to go on a date sometime? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So typically, I'm very up for like uh, date. Awesome. Like yeah. describe it, what it is. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, and if they say... So not friends. No. Yeah. No, cool. not friends. Cool. No, I don't need more girlfriends. I have a lot of girlfriends, cool. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but with... When I ask them like... And they say, no, I don't see you in that way. Or like, no, I'm not interested. Sometimes they will just turn around and say are you going to stop being nice to me now? And I'm like, I wasn't nice to you because I wanted, wanted to go to on a go date. On, I just, this is just who I am. I'm just who I am. Like, and I, you know, I was vibing with your energy and now let's go on a date. Like, it, yeah. And so I find it very funny. The immediate reaction. I'm like, man, that you just paints such yes. a good dot. But it's interesting. Like <laughs> yeah. that is what paints a bad image. <laughs> I agree. I'm sorry. I know. I, but, but, but you know, I, listen, yeah. I think that, and I don't want to cut you, but I think that, women respond more to and i'm so far from a pickup artist if anyone's listening to us be like oh this guy's a womanizer trust me if you could only know um i am far from that yeah but um i think women respond to humans not just women respond to intention mm-hmm. let me give an example have you ever been like viscerally sold something in your life 
um, that I've bought or just like this? You know what? Let's use a better example. Um, maybe a more relevant one. So you go out for dinners a lot, right? Mm -hmm. You know, have you ever like had like a waiter or waitress who's just outstanding at what they do? Yeah. Right. And have you also had ones who just like seem to just be doing the plain old, plain old, like, Hey, what kind of, what do you guys want to drink? Come back, take your food order, come back like one bite into it. How is it? Yeah. And it's just like very basic. And then you leave a 15% tip because that's what you're supposed to do. And then you move on. Okay. So the intention of that second example is like somebody who's just there, it's their job and this is what they do to make money. Mm -hmm. The first example, when they're like really passionate about what they do, it's like, wow, those are people who just love to connect with people. And Mm -hmm. it just so happens that they found a career in which they could do that. So intention is communicated on the sub level every single time we speak. So women and men both pick this up. You can just sniff out really quickly when somebody's being honest or if they're kind of pushing some hidden agenda. Yeah. So when dudes are trying to push some hidden sexual agenda with a girl and they're just being nice for the sake of wanting to go on a date and respectively go to bed with her. Yeah. Women can feel it. And the unfortunate sad part about this is that it scathes them and it scars them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're these beautiful people yeah. who, who who went through not the best experiences with men who couldn't care yeah. for more than their own desires. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but the intention was picked up. Mm-hmm. So if you were to ever say something like, and she's like, oh, are you going to stop being nice to me now? And it was just a yes. I just know you. So it's like the intention behind it is like a, of course not. Yeah. And then they could sense it. Right. And it's like, it's playful. That's why yeah. I said it. I'd be like, yeah, like that's the only reason I was nice to you all day. Exactly. Like, yeah. right? like, like I guess it would depend on my like yeah. the conversation with her, but yeah, yeah like to me is that that question that I get asked is just like, man, those guys fucking suck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like when I when I hear that question, like I actually feel sad that that is a way that they're treated nicely yeah. because it's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's actually because. I love treating people well. Like, I I don't know. I just love doing it. Imagine if somebody came up to you, Mm -hmm. okay, and just goes within the first two minutes of meeting you. Oh, my God. Luke. Wow. You have this podcast. You have this incredible career that you're pursuing. You went to Laurier. That's, like, my favorite school. Mm -hmm. All my best friends come out of there. But not only that, like, oh, my gosh. And they start complimenting you physically. Like, dude, you're the most handsome person. It's like some girl doing this. You're the most handsome person I've ever met. Look at that hairdo. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that hairdo. And, like, they go on and on and on to the Mm -hmm. point where it's actually excessive. And then they can't stop texting you. And they won't stop sending you things. And all they want to do is take you out. It's like you would feel weird. You'd be like, yo, you just met me. Yeah. Like, I get that these compliments were cool for like the first maybe two minutes, but then it just became way too excessive. Mm-hmm. And you can sense that. I can sense that. Now, understand that's like every day of like a pretty girl's life. Yeah. I know, you know, man. All my friends and yesterday like, were saying about homecoming, like they were just getting talked to on the street. It's just like, man, it's just like, dude, just relax, man. And like, I, I want to define pretty girls. It's like, this is the day of most girls' lives. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of them just, they're, they're, they're seen as pretty by someone Mm -hmm. and with men with intentions to only pursue that, um, women get scarred in that process, man. And it's not cool. It's not a very human thing to do. No. Yeah. I think though the disconnect between dating apps and, and like the person, the keyboard, you know, like the keyboard warriors, I think, man, the anonymity and like the no accountability kind of thing plays into it a bit. And you definitely as young men you you play into that a lot like mm-hmm. I, I definitely think there's a lot of good guys out there who have definitely made mistakes in that regard oh i'm myself. one of them i'm one of them and you know i like, for me that's what i don't want to do anymore mm. and so it's like and man i'm also someone that i need to vibe like 
dating apps are cool, but kind of as we went into earlier, um, you know, first date can be very forced. Yeah, I'm very much like seeing someone in a in a setting, in a place, and being like, I don't even have to interact with them. I'm like, damn, that girl over there, I like her energy. Yeah, that's much more who I, I am. I felt that before. Yeah, and but then I'm like, oh, you know, there's a lot of good looking guys over here. The chances of me actually getting with her are very slim. Mm. So I'm going to approach her and kind of do what you kind of said in in the sense of, let me try to be your friend, but not show. The what you really want my intentional side of that and i feel like that is kind of like the first time i heard that is that I, you have to be a bit more upfront at the beginning not like immediately saying hey i want to date you but like knowing that your intentions or knowing in your head that your intentions aren't you know this is my like i want to date her first and then afterwards she can be my friend yeah not, she's my friend and then we'll date because there's a lot of girls out there who i've talked to that they don't want to date a friend. Yeah. It's not a thing. They don't want to ruin what they have with that friend. And exactly. I, I understand that. I understand mm-hmm. that mentality a lot. And that's not the way I roll. I'd much rather date a friend than a stranger. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to well, I, I what I, works. I think what I meant is that just that sexual and emotional intimacy is a requirement for a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I've been in your situation, dude, too many times to count where I'm like, oh, that is a absolutely drop-dead gorgeous woman, but it's not just that. Something about her is radiating. Like, yeah. energetically, man, oh, I can feel her. And uh, I'll go up and talk to her, and sometimes, and in the past, I would, like, just try to be her friend. Mm-hmm. Never worked. And then I realized something fascinating about women, which was just oddly human, mm-hmm. which was, I think that at the core, what we want out of people, just just women, men, doesn't matter, like, friends, or intimate partners. Mm-hmm. What we want out of them is we want people around us that make us feel okay with being ourselves and who, who we yeah. know we are. Like that's almost requirement number one. And number two is we want them to just have basic human values and characteristics yeah. that we also value. So like being kind, uh, being humorous if you're funny, um, being polite, um, having empathy, showing compassion. Mm-hmm. These things matter. Having courage being brave. Um, these are all things that make us human. These are all things that don't require any physical looks. Yeah. Now, is there an element to having a relationship, intimate ones, that requires physical attraction? Absolutely. 100%. But I can tell you in my experience that so much of attraction is not resting on the virtue of what you look like. Mm-hmm. That it's like, dude, I've seen some of the most interesting looking dudes, in my own opinion, land some of the most gorgeous women I've ever come across. Mm-hmm. And these are not just physically gorgeous women, but on like, if we're just going to talk about what society considers to be good looking, and bad looking, these are like two different ends of the spectrum, but they somehow ended up together and mm-hmm. they're wildly happy. And it's made me question everything. Yeah. And what I've come to know is that that physical attraction can be nurtured and created. Mm-hmm. Um, but what can't be manufactured so easily is a great personality. 100%. Is someone who's humorous. So, uh, I found that when I'm just myself around girls, like I know that sounds so basic, but when I'm just like down to just make jokes, how Nick Singh makes jokes, yeah. when I'm down to just call them out, <laughs> I want to call them out. <laughs> <laughs> Luke is uh, impersonating me right now. He, he's starting to catch on to, yeah. to my mannerisms. Yeah, they're funny. Yeah, I appreciate you. Very hands-on. Thank you. Well, not hands-on. Not very uh, handsy. Very yeah. handsy. Very yeah. handsy. But um. I'm that way around girls too. Yeah. And, um, you know, people respond to people who are themselves. So 100%. I think that overrides any 
anything in any interaction. Yeah. And I always tell people too, like if you don't have an emotional foundation for your relationship, it's going to fail. Yeah. And actually, if I may, man, I wanted to deeply comment. You said something profound earlier. I don't even know if you realized it. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to comment. I say profound stuff all the time. Yeah. He's a profound dude, folks. Um, You said, um, you know, you've been single for 23 years and you've gone really good at getting to know who you are as an individual, but Mm -hmm. you're ready to understand who you are in a relationship. So I I relate to that quite a bit, but um, I've witnessed friends get into relationships very early on or coming in and out of relationships, both men and women. Mm -hmm. And I I was told this recently, I forget who said it. I I wish I could remember, but um, it was like a sure tell sign of an amazing, oh, I was at a wedding. That's who said Mm. it. And it was part of the vows of the bride. Yeah. And she was just like, honey, I knew when I wanted to marry you. And she was giving that story and her vows were all listening. I thought this was beautiful. And she goes, we were, we had just gotten up. We were eating breakfast. You cooked us something great. And we had our coffees at our side and we were sitting on both sides of the table and our laptops were in front of us. We were working Mm -hmm. and it was the most unromantic date you can ask for because we're both in our own worlds, Mm -hmm. just catching up on emails. And I looked up and I saw the sun behind you like it was out of the movies. And I knew that you were the one. And I knew you were the one because it had been maybe a month or two in our relationship and we were already okay with being our individual selves around each other. Beautiful. And we were able to accept who we are as individuals, Mm -hmm. but still coalesce. And she said that must account for, and that just gave me shivers. That's how you know that shit's quantum. Yeah. (laughs) That's some quantum shit. Yeah. And she goes, that's a sure tell sign of an amazing relationship. Like Mm -hmm. both to be, it's okay to be codependent, but to both have a sense of independence, a very defined and definitive sense of independence. Um, wherein you could be your own individual self around each other. And I think that's something deeply missing from relational culture that you touched on, which is you've spent a great deal of time becoming an individual, knowing who Luke is. A lot of people don't have that purview Mm. and um, they want to build it. And my last comment on this would be just because if you're listening to this, you don't have that purview and you happen to be walking into a relationship with a man or a woman and you don't feel like the greatest sense of individuality that you're overly codependent you can actually nurture it while you're in a relationship i think Mm -hmm. but it's a it's probably a lot more difficult to do i'll be honest um but you you still can ask your partner to help nurture that with you yeah exactly exactly but that takes a massive sense of self-awareness and vulnerability 100 percent. yeah and like one of the things that you know i've talked about with my one of my sisters recently is um in a relationship your no no i got some more cool, things cool, yeah. cool. i was asking if he wants more water yeah no i'm good thanks cool. um in a in a relationship your partner's goal their one job well, okay one of their jobs no, not their one job one of their jobs is to make you a better person mm, no i disagree or help you become a better person no you okay, watch well, it. Hold on. You know what? I'm Luke, sorry. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry for jumping the gun. Okay. I, I want to let Luke finish his shot. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I genuinely might be wrong here because I don't know where you're going. With yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. So for example, um, you know, if, if someone has a poor relationship with like, if, so if say for I example, I have a poor relationship with my brother, mm-hmm. right? I would want my partner to make me fix that relationship. 
I want them to be like, I don't want them to agree with me that oh, okay. my brother's a piece of shit or something like that. Yeah. Michael, you're not. I, if you're listening <laughs> to this, you're not a Michael, piece of shit. you're just an example. You're right a gem. Now. Yeah. But like, I would want my future partner to be like, no, Luke, grow the fuck up. Fix your relationship with your brother. Like that to yeah. me is what they're, one of their jobs is to do. They're not, yeah. like, I don't want, like, you know, of course I want a supportive partner, but not an unhealthy so, like, I don't want someone to support my unhealthiness, mm. and that—that's what I mean. Become a better person, not okay, like they're. I see what you mean. Not their not job. They're the is, ones doing the work for you. No, no, no. They—they—they they, right. they should be encouraging me to confront Absolutely. my issues. That's like, very well said. So, kind of what you were saying in regards to, um, what were we talking about? Well, we're talking about individual, like people. Being yeah, individuality. Yeah. Like they, you know. I believe 100% that relationships should be codependent, but also that you should be your own individual person. Yeah. And, you know, if one of the big things I've seen, again, in young couples that have been together for a long time is a lack of independence or, yeah. or um, the, they have mutual interests. And, you know, even with people that I've talked to, they, they, pull piece, they pull pieces of themselves from past relationships, which is a great thing. Yeah. But it's like, are you really interested in that? Or is it what you did together and you want to hold on to that. Mm. Like why, what is that connection there that makes you stay with it after that relationship? Um, what makes you do it now? Like if mm. I said, for example, that I want to take hip hop dancing lessons, which I, I really want to do, I haven't done it, but like, I really want to try yeah, to do, do it. it my, yeah. my girlfriend or partner's like, I don't want to do that. I would, I don't want to hold myself back from doing that. I'd want a partner to be like, you should sign up. Yeah. I'm not going to do it with you, but you should sign up. Yeah, absolutely. And like, that is what more I mean from a, from it help you become a better person angle. Absolutely. I think that that's just a sure tell sign of, uh, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I think it's a sure tell sign of just a healthy person, right? Mm -hmm. Like a healthy person helping another healthy person to do what's right. And that's just a sign of just a strong moral compass and, yeah. and really beautifully nurtured and identified values in a person. Cause if you're with someone who has like incredible values and you try to put bullshit in front of them, they might be kind and accept the bullshit for a little bit and saying one day he or she, you're going to wake up and fucking realize you're bullshitting yourself. Mm -hmm. But eventually they're going to put their foot down and mm -hmm. they're not going to nurture you and they're going to stand up for what the fuck is right. Yeah. And they're going to say, this is not right. And I can't live this way anymore. And I can't see you live this way anymore. So mm -hmm. either you change and you fix this or we find a way to resolve it because otherwise it's not going to work out. What I don't believe, and I think this is common thought now, Will Smith said this about his wife, Jada. Mm -hmm. He's like, it's not my job to make Jada happy. Be correct. It's not Jada's job to make me happy. Yeah. It's our own jobs to make ourselves happy. 100%. And to arrive at the relationship happy. We can help each other. We can be there for each other. We can walk each other through things. But if you're ultimately not happy on your own, you can't rely on someone else for that. 100%. It's like one of my mantras right now is uh, if, you, if you don't love yourself, no one else will. Yeah. Not in the sense of like you're unlovable. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when I tell them that, they're they're like, Oh, you know, I have other people love me. I'm like, of course you have people love you, but you question that love if you mm, don't love yourself. Because you don't feel it at the depth. Because you don't feel it. it. Yeah. So if my friends say me, tell, tell me they love me, I'm like, yeah, you should. Yeah. I love me. Exactly. Thank, I, I, I appreciate your love for me so much more now. 100%. And like. You can feel it. You can feel it. Because you, you can relate to it. it. You value you it. You appreciate it. 100%. Exactly. You're like, I understand why someone could love me. Agreed. And so with my, my parents say they love me, I'm like. Yep. I know they love me. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's so honest. It's I don't true. question it. Yeah. It's not something I ever question. Absolutely, man. Um, it's very beautiful. Okay. But I want to get more into these questions sure. that let's we've written more, down. Let's get, let's get more uh, so far, I've only, I think we've only answered the first one. I have deterred you rapidly. But, it's but okay. what I we, will we say. We talked about like the... We, we, went, we, we What's that? What were we going to say? 
I was going to talk about how we, we talked about some of the questions already. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we've kind of talked. So, so hit the ones yeah. that you want to hit. All right. So uh, you kind of talked about this one too, but how important is your image to those around you? You know, you talked about you just being a good human, but like, yeah. how important is that image, whether it's physical, mm. um, emotional, like what is that? It used to be a lot more important than it is. Mm-hmm. So, well, than it currently is. So I remember, but back to actually, this is like the kind of start of everything for me. Remember when I was telling you I was walking around with that big vlog set up yeah. on campus? I released that YouTube video on my birthday of, I think, three, four years ago or something. And I did it because it, it felt like a celebration for me. It was like, I'm going to become a YouTuber and I'm going to release this on my birthday. It's going to be like a hallmark occasion mm-hmm. and it's going to increase a lot more people to watch it because they'll be like writing stuff on my wall and posting about me and stuff and they might see it. So I did, and it got like a, like a thousand views. Yeah. Like the first day, and I was like, "Whoa!" And nothing like that had ever happened to me before. And uh, while that happened, the people I was closest with at the time, um, while they may disagree, how I how I felt is that they they judged it immensely, mm-hmm. and they weren't fans. And I couldn't, I didn't know how to deal with that at the time emotionally, like not being accepted as I once was in my group of homies and. Also, I felt like embarrassed around some chicks that I was close to because mm-hmm. it was just generally whack yeah. is how they presented it to me to be. It wasn't actually whack. It was just I did something wildly different and no one knew how to digest it. And mm-hmm. because they didn't know and I hadn't decided how to digest it in advance, I stopped. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I couldn't do this anymore. I couldn't pursue the stream because of how people think of me. Um, and that for me was the sign that I lived majority of my life up until that point caring very deeply as to what other people think of Mm. me. And it's been many years since that. It's actually been four plus, but it feels like a lot more than it is because the amount of growth that I've done in those years, Mm -hmm. I've let go and shed layers of needing acceptance from others. Mm -hmm. Still lives on in me, a part of me that wants to be accepted and loved by others. I don't think that'll ever die. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's healthy right now. Mm. And what I wish I I could have told my younger self in that moment, as corny as that sounds, is that, Nick, this is a massive indication that you need to start loving yourself. Because if you rely so much on love and acceptance from other people, your life is going to be forever skewed. Mm. And the actions that you take are going to be forever tainted. Because each of them will come with them, this thought of, will people like it? And Mm. it won't be a healthy thought. It'll be really unhealthy. So I used to care a lot. How I unwound that was as simple as loving myself, but as complex as loving myself too. It's a very difficult thing. 100%. It can be. Yeah. Um, it's, it's both simple and it's not easy. It's as simple as giving yourself what you want, but it's a courage to really mean what you want. So let me give an example. This is the things that I use for myself. When I started doing this, I said, okay, well, how do you love someone else? Because I don't know how to love myself. I know how to love someone else. Yeah. And it was very simple. If I love someone, I try to give them what they want. It's like, oh, well, she likes cookies, so I'm just going to surprise her with cookies. Mm. Awesome. Ice cream, too. Great. Loves the movies. Amazing. Let's go see a movie. Like, not at home. Mm-hmm. Let's go see someone somewhere. Um, is a huge food fanatic. So, sometimes a surprise date at, like, a restaurant would be beautiful. And I was listing off these things. I was like, why don't I just give myself what I want? Like, treat myself like... Like, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that. And I started giving myself all the little things I wanted. And this voice would pop up, and it would be like, no, that's inappropriate. You don't need that right now. It's not that necessary. But I would ignore it viscerally, consciously, deliberately. And I would say, 
no, there's a wiser part of me right now knows that if I give this little gift to myself, it's going to open me up so much more for other people because I will have loved myself because of it. I'm going to be able to share more. And it turned out to be a good decision. So the answer to your question is that to this day, my self-image feels like it's in a very healthy place. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of um, of uh, of this quote. It was by, who's it by? It's by Tony Robbins. And he says, initially, substance matters more than style, but only initially. And what he means is that on first impression, whether you like it or not, people judge you more on, on or no, sorry, initially style matters more than substance. Yeah, I was going to say. Thank you. Initially, style matters more than substance. Yeah. Just initially. So initially, people judge you, whether you like it or not, based on your style, based yeah. on how you smell, how you look, how you come across, how they think you come across from afar. But once they get to know you, the substance outweighs the style every day of the week, but style does matter. Mm. So I think it's unhealthy to live in a way where you actually give no fucks. Like I'm talking about like zero fucks about what other people think. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I, I hold an importance to it, but it's a very healthy importance. Yeah. I don't rest my self-identity on it anymore. No. Yeah. Okay. That's, and that's, that's where I am yeah. today. That's very interesting. I think yeah. in my journey too, my last two years, I've always like, like I'm an ideas guy. Like I've thrived on being more of an ideas guy. And I, these ideas are very uh, irrational sometimes. Like yeah. they're very far-fetched, they're, but they're big ideas for sure. the world. Yeah. Um, and in that, some cases that has raised uh, some un, like... I guess lack of faith or I guess, or like, you okay. know, lack of realism in both myself and my friends. Yeah. And so w- when it comes to wanting to actually start things, I don't start, but this is one thing. It's kind of like the quantum thing you talked about. Mm. I had shivers. If I didn't start this, like I don't deserve anything else for yeah. the rest of my life. Like yeah. this for me wow. was the thing that I had to start. That's, that's amazing, man. Um, I, I, can I comment on that? Yeah. For a sec? So I had a buddy is one of my best friends. His name is Andre and he's from Jamaica. And he remembers he was in gangs and stuff in Jamaica growing mm-hmm. up. He was like getting stabbed and all this crap. And then his uncle um, saw some faith in him and said, I think we could turn this around. So he started talking to Andre. So what do you like to do? And Andre's like, hey, I love to cook, man. Yeah. Jamaican, right? So that's how they say it, I think. Um, <laughs> and uh, his uncle sends that Andre always loves to cook. So Andre starts cooking for him and he's like, yo, this is really good, Andre. Andre's like, thank you. Mm-hmm. And he said, Andre, if you don't, and Andre's like, I want to cook for the village, man. That's how I want to make money. He's like, man, if you don't cook for the village, you'll do nothing else in your life. That's what he said to him. And Andre took it as, wow, he's right. Like, I've flopped on so much shit in my life, but if I don't do this, who am I? Like, this is as basic and as easy yeah. and as simple as it gets. So, and his life has become very successful because of it. He now lives Great. in Canada. He's doing really well. I just think, I, man, I believe that 100%. I think everyone needs shout someone out to Andre. S- shout out to Andre. Yeah. I, I believe everyone needs a little bit of hope in them and yeah. everyone needs a little bit of, um, I 100% believe that what saves a lot of kids is having that one, like, man, if you hear about people that come from the streets that become famous, they're mm-hmm. always like, I had one person that believes in me. Yeah. One person. Yeah. They don't need five. They need one. Mm-hmm. Like even uh, Terry Crews, he's a big guy. I mentioned him. Yeah, I know Harry. Yeah. yeah. Um, I read his book and he always talks about how he had like one person believe in him. Yeah. Um, or you know, he just need, he looked for validation from one person yeah. and then when, like throughout his life, he found out that the only validation he needs is from himself, himself, yeah. but you need to be on that journey where someone believes in you before you can believe in yourself for a lot of people. Mm. Um, and yeah, like this over the last two years, I felt a lot of growth in my masculinity and my manhood, um, you know, different leadership. So I was a residence life dawn on, on campus, mm-hmm. meaning I, you know, oversaw a floor of 21 individuals. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 15 of them were guys. 
And that was the first time I'd ever been around that much male energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it taught me a lot about how guys are, how much each one's different. You know, I just saw a lot of them yesterday and they're, man, they're some of the most supportive people about this podcast. And yeah. there's some of the people, like some of the guys on the floor, I tell them very openly. I'm like, you know, I never thought, literally never thought you and I would be the ones to have a relationship huh. after this year, after yeah. that year ended. And they're like, not like, man, some of our conversations changed my entire life. Wow. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I, there was one moment on, on my floor where I remember a conversation I'll never forget. It changed my entire life. Wow. And it was with me and like 10 of the guys in the room. And like, I re- remember walking out of there being like, I don't understand what just happened. And I, you know, I, but reflecting on it, I'm like, I can look, I can pinpoint that moment wow. as being the moment that changed my entire life. Wow, man. So being That's in a leadership beautiful. role of like 15 guys changed that aspect of me. And then going on exchange where there was a lot of like good looking guys from around the world. And I'm like, man, I don't think I fit in with these people. Yeah. That aspect of it changed my entire life too. Like these are the, the two moments that got me to where I am now and changed my whole perspective of, of young men and, and men in my life. And yeah, they're blessings for their blessings. hundred percent. Congratulations. man. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, going back to the loving yourself idea sure, that you yeah. brought up earlier, I think, you know, especially with you, I've only, this is only the second time we've met in person yeah. for anyone out there with contact, but I see that the love that you have for yourself radiates into loving other people a lot mm. more. Um, thank you. And it's very like, positive love that you have for people you connect with people insanely well right away um and i i know that the i know when people love themselves because it's like it they shows. just do, they shows yeah. they're just like nice other people um they're very confident in themselves they like to talk about themselves but at the same time it's like yo i love to talk about you too like, yeah let's figure out who you are it's very fair it's very fair they're very fair to themselves yeah it's never an overcompensation i think yeah and like i love my a lot of my coworkers. like i love hanging out with them they're great people yeah. and i love being on the floor with them every day spending nine hours a day with them like yeah it's a great time yeah um and it's a lovely way to look at it by the way yeah what do you do again so i'm a conference producer uh where i you know, I, so we host my, the company I work for, for hosts, huge summits, um, you know, mainly in the supply chain manufacturing industries. Yeah. Uh, and my job is to create the agendas for the, for the summits and then recruit wow. the speakers. Are you serious? Yeah. That's amazing. So it was a really fun job. And like I was on site two months ago or sorry, two weeks ago and connecting with the speakers I've been in communications with was like the highlight of the yeah, entire dude. time. Like, what, so a, what a gift, man. And, it, man, man. and who doesn't want to speak, right? So you're giving these people like such a gift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I had a, I have a friend, um, Joe Fodomingo. You have a friend? I have, I actually have multiple friends, Jesus. but this one friend, he told me something that he's a, he's a hustler. He, he's a, someone that works hard. He's really made a, a good life for himself with yeah. how hard he works. And, he always had the confidence to approach people like CEOs and VPs and directors who are, who are the main people that I'm trying to speak to as well. Yeah. Like I'm trying to get them to come out and speak. One of the things he told me when I, when I asked him like, how do you go to these, how do you go to these networking sessions and talk to them? He said, Luke, everyone's a human first. Their yeah. title comes after every single time. Yeah, it's true. And that one concept blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And I went into this, into this job being like, you, these people won't, I'm like a lowly conference producer they're not going to care about who I am. But on site, mm, when I went up to them, they're like, oh, hey, Luke, like, it's so nice to meet you. And I brought up things from our phone calls and stories and like whatnot that really like showed that I cared a lot about our conversations. And man, 
I was like, man, these VPs and mm-hmm. are treating me with so much respect, and yeah. I don't understand what why. Mm. Like, but then I I always go back to that that one quote my friend said to me: "Everyone's a human first. They want to be treated as a human." You kind of talked about it a lot today too. Human, 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 human. Mm-hmm. Humans of New York, baby. Humans of New York, baby. Yeah, that's where we'll land on that one. But yeah. your friend's very wise. I, I. So, so for those of you who who don't know, I. So I mentioned at the beginning, I have a talk show, and I've been very fortunate to have interviewed some people that I've considered icons. Mm-hmm. Um, and these icons, at first sight, they are very intimidating folks because their reach, their audience, what they've done with their lives, but. You know, you set into it real quick when you realize that, and this is what was told to me, which was similar to what your friend told you. It's like, these people still shit and sleep and eat and piss and do everything that we do as humans. Mm-hmm. It was something like that. And I remember when he said that. And for me, it, 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 it separated their two worlds. It was like, this is not an individual who's successful. That's true. But mm-hmm. it's also true to say that this is an individual that success happened to. Who were they as an individual, though, mm-hmm. without, like, this external thing, like, surrounding them? They're, like, this thing facing this external thing. And I often do that before I walk into big interviews. I'm, like, let me separate those real quick, and let me get to know the person. And I find it to be a very beautiful way to connect with them. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to discount anyone's success when I say that. Yeah. Like, they're very much a part of their success, but they're still separate at yeah. some point. So I agree with you. 100%. On yeah. my resume, I actually make a point of including things like, um, you know, I've climb Mount Fuji. I spent four months in Tokyo. You should. And, uh, That's you know, badass. You yeah. climb Mount Fuji? Yeah, uh, not to the top, unfortunately, That's but sick, I don't tell people that. I just, on my resume, I just put climb Mount Fuji. Climb Mount Fuji. Yeah. I, I want to do base camp yeah. and I want to do Kilimanjaro. Nice. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That'd be impressive, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Mount Fuji was, uh, difficult. I was, we were so unprepared for that. It was like the first week when we were in Japan. Um, we were up from 4 a.m. to like 10, 10 at night where when we started the climb. We were un, we were underslept, underfed, underprepared. The, there was rain. You walk through like thunderclouds basically, right? So it was pretty wild. How long did it take? I, so I got up half, halfway to like 8th station or 7D or whatever it's called. Um, and it took about three hours. Wow. So the whole climb, if you, if you do it like straight is six hours, typically. Oh, so you can actually get to the top in six hours. Mm -hmm. Oh, so it's like a one day thing. It's not like, um, no, 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 it's not an overnight. Got it. So it's typically what happens is people start to climb at like 10, go up to a cabin at like, 130 because they have cabins all the way up stay from in the cabin from 130 to like four and then climb from four to six and watch the sunrise wow like that that's what my friends did i would do that if yeah. i went to japan yeah so maybe i'll go this i actually day. want to get a tattoo of mount fuji you on should. my my forum so yeah. and I co- mount, mount go fuji is a very beautiful very aesthetically incredibly yeah, looking very, mountain very. yeah um okay so i just want to ask you i know you got to go in like five minutes so i just want to ask sure. you two more questions anything uh someone should be quick um, you know, as vulnerable guys, how vulnerable is too vulnerable? Do you think hmm. there's a, do you think there's a line? Cause sometimes I feel like I cross the line. I share too much. You know, I, I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday and, um, we were trying to just brainstorm different content ideas. And I was like, you know, what I really want to do, his name is Juan. And I said, I want to honor all of my favorite TV shows. And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, TV shows like Friends or The Office or Seinfeld, Mm -hmm. these are just ordinary people, ordinary characters doing ordinary things. Normal characters doing normal things and finding the beauty in it. That's the final line of The Office. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know it, right? It's just like we're just, 
I thought it was weird. It was yeah. Pam. I almost remember verbatim. And she goes, I thought it was weird when you chose a paper company. us, a paper company to be a documentary. But in hindsight, there's beautiful there's, things and ordinary things. Yeah, exactly. Like it's yeah. like, there's a lot of beauty in the ordinary things. Just yeah. give me shivers. Just thinking about it. Yeah. It's my favorite. But um, I think that right now in common culture online, that's what's missing. It's like there's these big extravagant personalities and brands doing massive things and they're exploding, but who's telling the story of the ordinary mm. humans of New York does this really well. And I said, I want to, I want to do this. Like I feel very drawn and called to do that. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to figure out a way and I'm still trying to figure out a way I'm st- trying to figure out like, okay, cool. Like what's the concept going to be like? And I've thought about doing like a YouTube thing and I was telling my friend Juan, I was just like, one way that I know that I could do, but I won't, is just getting ruthlessly vulnerable mm-hmm. with an audience on YouTube. So, like, him and I just had, like, a really, like, bro-to-bro discussion. Like, right before we started talking about this, I was like, for example, if we were to share that discussion, but I was like, but I would never do that. Mm. And he goes, I know. And he knew. And I was just like, there's just some things in life that are meant to be kept private with those Mm -hmm. closest to you. And that's how that's part of the sacred. That's Mm -hmm. part of that magic is like having things that are public and having things that are private. So I view the act of vulnerability as um, I'm kind of thinking and finding my words as I speak it here, but I view it as being, being very honest with the truth that you feel and addressing whether or not it's true and having Mm -hmm. the courage to move in a direction that is favorable for you or not favorable, but meaningful and growth and contribution oriented for you and um there's a part of life that's just meant for you man yeah it's not meant for others and if we're going to go ahead and share that i think that we're doing ourselves a disjustice including others so i think that there is a too vulnerable thing it's like no i don't share that that was just whatever you believe in spiritually god love the universe but that was a blessing for you to see Mm -hmm. and for you to use to do other things but in in most cases people know too People know which ones are which. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I think I need to learn where my, my limit is. And I, I, I like, I guess for myself, it's, I feel comfortable sharing different parts of myself with different people. So there's certain individuals where I'll share one vulnerability a lot more than another group of friends or another yeah. individual. Um, and I don't really know why, just maybe their life experiences allows me to feel a little bit more freedom mm. sharing it. Um, but I definitely, you know, I do think there is starting to be too vulnerable. And as I go along this journey of this podcast, there might be, I guess, I guess my definition of too vulnerable would be sharing someone else's story Mm. that I'm a part of in Mm. like descriptive terms. Like I would never want to do that. It's crossing a line. It's crossing a line. Like even if you don't name names, it's like, you know, it's, it's not my story to tell. It's crossing a line. And so, yeah. yeah. It's well said. Um, but you know, we, so there's some topics that we didn't get to, of course, mm-hmm. as we close up this thing. Let's do one more question. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is like a three part question, sure. but I'm definitely going to have you back on the show. Cause I love that. there are, well, there's things we talked about before starting the show that we actually didn't even get to cause it's just, this conversation just, yeah, floats, exactly. It flows just so beautifully. Yeah. Um, but it's a three parter. It's how I'm going to kind of close off every episode. So what is something that your father or, a mentor in your life told you growing up that you value mm. a lot uh, in terms, in regards to being a man or, or manhood. Hmm. Well, I told you before the show, so my parents are separated. Mm-hmm. So that resulted in me seeing my dad every other weekend. And me and my dad have 
an awesome relationship. I want everyone to know that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't always like that. I didn't have an exact father figure because I would be with my mom much more just from a time perspective. It was just how Mm -hmm. it worked out. And uh, I've only really gotten to know my dad as I've uh, as I've grown up, like really how I'd like to get to know my dad. So the result of that was that in my early years of becoming a man, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I sought mentorship very often from men mm-hmm. and um, they would present themselves like father figures to me. So one of the pieces of it, I, I'm going to name two, I'm going to name one that might because my dad has had a very dear impact on my life. Only one that I've in recent years come to understand a very positive one. If I'm able to connect with anybody at all, I would attribute a lot of that to my dad. Mm. It was less about what he told me and more about what he showed me. I'll never forget this trip that we took to LA. Him, my sister, and I was 18. And it's my first time going to LA, so the magic of that was just a gift in, in and of itself. But the real magic for me happened in being with my dad for five days and watching him connect with every single person we met. Like, the guy was just insane with it. I have no idea. He would, like, know the waitresses or the waiter's name off by heart. And it was just so him. He wasn't trying to play games. It was just, wow, this is what my dad's like. And it inspired me to be that way. And I knew I had, I had always had that, but it was calling it out of me. So mm-hmm. if there is a, a reason and ability for me to connect, it's definitely founded in those days. Um, not alone, but that that's a huge attribution point to it. Mm-hmm. And then something that one of my mentors told me was uh, a line that forever changed me. And it was Tony Robbins. And he goes, when you stop looking for an accept, well, no, when you stop looking for acceptance and you just enjoy your fucking life, the whole game changes. Mm. And he said, when you stop looking for acceptance and you just enjoy your fucking life, the whole game changes. And then since then, it became my goal to to do um, to, to to make my life about enjoyment and about me mm. and less about acceptance. So those two things really shaped me. Those are both very beautiful things. I definitely. <laughs> my mom always says my dad has the gift of gab. Yeah. So I grew up in the church, and my dad would be. That. My dad would be. Oh my gosh, he would talk to every like it would be so hard to get him. We only had one car sometimes, yeah. and so because we could we didn't know how to drive. Yeah. And we would be at you know, at the church for like two hours past the service because this man would just talk to everyone. Yeah, man. And, you know, it's definitely something that I think I have. Um, it's, it's funny. Whenever I go to a restaurant now, I, if I have a waitress or, yeah, or a waiter, I ask them their name. If they don't tell me when they introduce themselves yeah. at the beginning, I'm like, yo, what's your name? Yeah, me too. And it's like I call them by their name. I call them by their name. People like it. Yeah, they yeah. love it. It's just such a human exactly. thing to do. Exactly. Um, Nick, give me props for that one. Sorry, John. Give me, give me props. John, John, give me props. Um, another one. Something you wished your father told you. Uh, something I wish my father told me. I've done a little less reflecting on this one, so give me a moment here. Yeah, for sure. Or showed you. Hmm. You know, I guess if there's one thing, I, 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 I guess it would be that I, I wish that he showed me. Oh, yeah. Sorry. This uh, the camera. It would be I wish that he showed me how to um, how to relate better to women. Obviously, him and my mm-hmm. mom didn't work out. And I think that's something that my pop struggles with is uh, is is, is women. Man, mm-hmm. like, has he had a massively successful relationship in his life? Probably not. But is that all of his fault? No. But is some of it his fault? Surely, man. Mm-hmm he is still trying to figure that out for himself 
I don't blame him at all. Mm. I feel no animosity. But if I had to choose something that I wish he could have showed me, it would have been that. But I'm very glad he didn't, which is this odd part to it. Because what I've learned, it's forced me to learn for myself. And I can go teach my boy that. All right. Yeah. At least my next question, what is one thing you're going to tell your kid? Or what's, what's like a life lesson that you really want to bring out with, with, your, with your future children or, you know, even the people around you if you decide not to have kids? Mm, I would like to have kids. All right. And Go what I'd like then. for my kids to know, be it boy or girl, it's interesting. I, I'm 24. Mm. So at 24, you know, the amount of thought that's gone into this is very, is very low. <laughs> I spent a lot of my life thinking about myself yeah. and what I want just where I'm at. So I, I, I think the only thing that I would like to give them is the lessons that I made my life whole. Mm. And perhaps um, the thing that I would like for them to take with them the most would be a combination of two things. It would be... I'm trying to find the words for this. I would teach them about loving unconditionally and how that really does mean with no strings attached... We live in a culture, I would tell them, that would promote feverishly that when you give something, expect something back. Mm. And I would say, don't don't live your life like that. Give to give. Give because it's in you. Give because it's who you are. Give because it's us. And give because it's a part of what it means to be a human being. Yeah. Because that means something. And that's unconditional love. So I, I, I would teach them that. But on the second part, I would teach them to never ignore and put aside what they truly want be it their dreams be it their own desires so long as it's not upon the exploitation of others so long as it doesn't lead to the negative repercussions that we've seen repeat themselves in history Mm. never forget about yourself and your own desires for life if you put those aside and only give you'll find a life that's not rich for you but rich for others if you never give and only give to yourself you'll live the life of the narcissists and you'll be so filled with yourself, but you'll be connected to no one, and no one will be connected to you. So Bro, while I'm about to cry, what's that? I'm about to cry. Please do. And uh, so, if you live your life giving to others, continue, but give without any expectation of anything in return, unequivocally. But never curb your own desires and own wants, because that alone is God's path for you here. God love the universe, whatever you believe in spiritually, and if you ignore that. Um, it'll be a disservice to everyone. I'll say something like that. I don't know if it'd be like that, though. It's pretty dramatic. I don't know, man. That was beautiful. Appreciate I think it. That's a, Glad we recorded that. Yeah, I think that's the almost perfect way to, to call it end off. the show. Yeah. This is uh, an amazing... You did a great job, brother. Yeah, thanks, bro. I mean, yeah, it just progressively got better. Like, yeah. it was like, boom, 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 boom. You're amazing at breaking down those walls and creating spaces like this. So everything that you think you are, you are. Yo, man, that's... That's touching. I, I got, when I get, when I created this podcast, I, I I honestly believe that I had that skill because yeah. I've been able to do it in my personal life. I'm like, can I can I do it on a podcast? And you're doing it, man. I don't know. I just I love breaking down those walls. Like people hint at things, and I I show them the questions beforehand, and I I know it's never going to go that route. Yeah. I'm like it's going to happen. I'm going to pull things from you because I'm going to remember things that you've said, or I'm just going to be like, yo, he hinted at something there. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I really appreciate you, Nick, coming on here and, and sharing those imperfect and, and uh, par- parts of yourself. It's my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me, brother. You did an amazing job. Okay. All right. Thanks, brother. Love you. It's a wrap. Love you, buddy.
That's it for this week's episode. I'll see you next week.